wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Get up, get up, get up. <laughs> no, it's the first of the month. That's what you have to say. Oh, that's why it's, it's the joke. first okay, of good. the month. Just keep going. All first right. of the month. All right. In three, two, one. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first wake of up, the month. Wake up, get up, get up, get up. Get up, get up. That was your, that was your cue. That was, oh, that was your cue. Do, that was your cue. I already thought I already did it once. <sighs> it's Thursday, the 1st of June, 2023. Just in case you forgot what year it was. It is also Samoan Language Week. So, bless you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So, Malo and Evie were in the building. Woo. Synchronized harmonies. Yeah, yeah, I really understood the assignment there, right? You said you knew the song yeah, on Tuesday. And I, but the thing is, we've actually been trying to do this for like a good 10 to 15 minutes. We've been practicing. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to mess it up somehow. And then, and then I did. But let's just, that's neither here nor there. We're focusing on the future, right? On the future. We're not talking about the past. Yeah. And today on the show, we're celebrating everything Samoan Language Week. We've got illustrious guests, as always, Kyla Greening and... Al- Elena. 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 We actually, so sorry, me and yeah. Saul Malo have been saying her name wrong. I'm very uh, sorry, Elena. Behind the scenes for ages, and we're really, really sorry, Elena. We were calling you Alanya. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I just, I, we're so dumb. And we were really staunch about it as well. We were like, that's definitely her name. It's not yeah, her name. Yeah, it's not her name. Not we're her name. very Elena. sorry. It's, Elena. you know, I think too, because like my brain's in Samoan language, week so like i see a g and i'm like nah like alenga like (laughs) alingi um that means octopus my bad um anyway hey um (laughs) get into celebrating samoan language week so samoan language week um we are in the last near days tomorrow being samoan independence day um, Samoan Independence Day is a big day for us as Samoans because we are, I think this year we're celebrating 61 years of independence. I don't know much about Samoan Independence Day, honestly. We've, in theory, we've had like two independent, well, no, we've had one Independence Day, but we've had two sets of colonizers over the last like 200 years. Oh, true. We had Germany, um, the German uh, colonizers, I think late 1800s, if I remember right, um, and the German colonizers, where I get my surname from, Schwalga. Uh, and then after the Germans were kicked out, I think around World War One, um, we had New Zealand. Uh, and our independence is actually in particular from the New Zealand government. Oh, true that. They, yeah. So we had two Mao movements, which was our freedom movements. The first Mao movement was like a movement against a peaceful movement against the German colonizers. And then we had the second Mao movement, uh, which was against our New Zealand colonizers. And although the Mao movement... Uh, not per se ended, but it, it, it there was a big event uh, that happened a few years previous to independence. We finally got our independence in, what, 19... Would be like 60, 1960, something like that. Um, so Independence Day is a big day for us because it's the day we got our sovereignty back. Cool. You know, it's an important day for Samoans everywhere. Samoan Language Week is important because of our independence because during the time of colonizers, very similar to how Māori were treated in Aotearoa back in the day, we were discouraged from speaking our language. Um, we were not supposed to, it wasn't taught in schools. We mm. weren't really, it was discouraged speaking it at home or publicly. And a lot of Samoans lost their language. And then you got people from like my father's generation who came here to Aotearoa from Samoa, post-dawn raids. Mm. And people were kind of afraid to speak their own language because dawn rates. It was a very nerve-wracking time. So Samoan Language Week today is really important because it's my generation who a lot of us have lost our language because we're New Zealand-born and, mm. and because of circumstances. So it's my generation whose job it is to make sure that we maintain here in New Zealand our Samoan language so that we can pass it on to future generations. And Independence Day is a wonderful day for us to be able to celebrate that. Every Samoan Language Week lands within Samoan Independence Day. Um, and fun story. Yeah. Independence Day, 1950. 
I'm living in Samoa. Actually, it was like two. It was the day before I moved home to New Zealand from Samoa, and I got to go to the 50th Independence uh, celebrations. And I saw you be 40. Oh, work. It was like the biggest thing ever to happen. When I tell people, I tell someone, I'm like, I was at the 50th anniversary. They're like, you saw you be 40? I'm like, red, yeah, wow. baby, up your park, G. Like, what do you do to celebrate um, someone Independence Day? Like, is there like a, is that it was, just like you just party or is there like a specific thing you go mm-hmm. do? There's not, <laughs> not really like a party as we say, but like there's, um, I know that like at uh, the um, Fali Samoa and Mangere, they do events. Usually they have a lot of guest speakers and things like that on the Friday to uh, Talanoa about our history and things like that. Um, in Samoa, there's like last year in particular, which was our 60th anniversary, there were a ton of celebrations. They mm. had a, like a bunch of artists from around Australia and New Zealand flew to Samoa to perform. And that was also around the time of like Tour Samoa mm. um, and the Rugby League World Cup. So like they were over and things like that. So it was really special. Samoan Independence Day is a big day. And we don't really like celebrate it as per se, but we always acknowledge the history behind it. Mm, mm. Um, there's lots of formal celebrations, but yeah, Fali Samoa in Mangere, they do stuff. I think I can't remember if they're doing something this Friday or on the Saturday usually to like close off Samoan Language Week. But if there's Samoan Language Week events near you, obviously you'll probably have one in your workplace. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it, make the most of it, learn as much as you can. There's some really rich history behind Samoan Independence Day that I don't want to get into because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, I mean, my <laughs> advice to people is um, Samoan food's mean. Yeah. So just like go get the food and learn something. That's like my whole plan. I'm like, yeah. well, I'll see who's got the most food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go and be like, hey. <laughs> I am biased because Samoan Language Week has my favorite food, but I do love Fijian Language Week because I love a roti. Mm. Just, you know, throwing that out there. Mm. But to help us celebrate Samoan Language Week, uh, earlier in the week we had guests like the likes of Anric, one of our RNZ video journalists, uh, social media journalists, mm. who uh, presented essentially their documentary, Tautua, Inked in Service. Uh, you can check that full interview from Tuesday's episode. We have some clips and quotes on our social media. But today we've got the very incredibly talented Kyla Greening. Kyla uh, has released the record just very, very recently, Starry Nights with Sam V. Um, and surprisingly, I was shocked to find out that although she has a song entirely in Samoan, she herself is in Samoan. So I figured she was the perfect guest to talk to to help us celebrate Samoan Language Week. Without further ado, our illustrious guest on the Tahi today, Kyla Greening. Thank you so much for taking your time out today uh, to, to chat with us on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling up. It's It's been really cool because we, um, we played your single. I think it was one of the first songs we played when I started here at Tahi was your single with Sam V. Was it Starry Night? Yo, yes. Yeah, how, that, how, how did you guys come to work together, you and Sam? Um, I think I heard of Sam through Aiden Fine. Oh, um, yeah. The first time I heard of him. And I heard of Aiden through my mate Chris. And me and Chris were on the Parachute Artist Development Program in 2020, oh, yeah. the COVID year. Oh, so yeah. it was all about trying to, like, how do we collab with people via Zoom or, like, in person when we're not having to isolate? And um, Sam was one of the first people I got to... I cheekily snuck in the DMs and was like, hey, I have a song. Would you be keen to come in the studio? <laughs> and he was bought, like, we had, like, nine people in there. And it was just a cool vibe, like, getting to know you and um, not even too much writing the song, but just, you know, how he is. He's, like, yeah. a really genuine, bubbly person, um, focused, and a voice of God, absolute gold. Oh, so he I, wrote I, his voice in, like, two minutes. I get angry when I hear Sam sing because I'm just like, you, how are you that talented? Like. <laughs> He just is. He just 
And like, like obviously he's hardworking through like practices, and but he just loves it, and that's why he's so good. Yeah, yeah. But Carla, tell us a bit about yourself, actually, because um, I was quite surprised this record of yours that is part of the reason we're catching up um, is a Samoan song. But I was quite surprised to find out that you yourself aren't actually Samoan, but you've I'm sung an Samoan. entire song in Samoan. So I want to learn a little bit more about you, Carla. Right. So yeah, I'm Māori um, from Natikanunu, uh, Tainui, and Rangitane. Um, and my uncle Milton wrote the song Moe Oe Pepe as part of his um, film Tala, which is based on a true story um, from his wife's side, who is someone, um, Salomon. And it's a beautiful story um, about love and hope and forgiveness after tragedy and a story of, of faith. And they asked, he asked me to sing it, and I said, Uncle, uh, do you want someone Samoan to sing it? Because it's in Samoan. He goes, no, Bob, I want you to sing it. So I said, okay, I'll give it my absolute best. Try and get, do the pronunciation, go over the inflections and, and sing it how he wants to and how he wanted it to be. And I think it turned out to be, yeah, the, what he wanted it, which is like a nice lullaby um, for our babies and children. But in the wider sense, I think he wrote it to suit the film um, for those who might be passing, you know, through the veil who have passed on. So it could um, be for our babies who are here or... Uh, in the film, it's sung from the perspective of a lamenting mother or uh, parents to our pepe who have, you know, been here for a short time and gone on. So um, I was really privileged and honoured to be a part of that project because a lot of wonderful people, um, yeah, were, were involved in this uh, making of the film and of the, the soundtrack. And um, to tie back into our Samoan roots, um, my cousin yesterday reminded me that our waka takitumu uh, was built in Samoa. And then, so I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. And then I came down to, you know, over the years, I think it was in Fiji, and then I went to Kauaiki, and then came down to Aotearoa. So I was like, there we go. The Whakapapa checks out. There's, yeah, there's the connection, eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was really um, I was really shocked when I was listening to it. I just, when I heard the record, I just kind of made the assumption that you were Samoan, because I think you did you did a great job. Um, the pronunciation, the, the, the singing, you sound very comfortable singing it. Um, which I know for like if it, me, I mean I'm not a great singer, but if I was to sing in another language too, I'd probably be very uncomfortable. And you did <laughs> an amazing job of, of, of oh, just thank you. being quite natural. And the visuals to this are amazing. And I was curious what this this short film that the song is actually made for Tala. Um, is that a short film that will be available online for other people to see and things like that? I believe it will be. I think this song Waiyo Pepe is um, the first teaser kind of. For the film so i think we're going to release song after song and then lead up to the film later on this year oh nice and so yeah. uh, just out of curiosity i mean did did you have any help with your was there anyone in particular that you went to for your help with the pronunciation of, of the record um i went to my who did i go to i think i chose to have a few people my cousin annie annie's uh, husband tim lingalinga went to him and then also to I think Auntie Janine, who is um, my Uncle Milton's wife, mm. um, Uncle Milton wrote the song. Um, I went there. And then also a couple of years back, I was I worked in Hawaii at the Polynesian Cultural Center with Uncle oh, wow. Milton. And so he, before pre-being asked to do this, I had done um, some songs over there. So we had to do songs in Samoan, Tongan, Tahitian, Maori, Hawaiian. And so kind of getting your way around the vowels for each individual island um, was something that I had briefly touched on before. So I was like, you know, 50% confident that I could <laughs> pull it off somehow. But, you know, yeah, I, I, we reworked the song maybe over the, like, four years. Oh, um, wow. Just making sure we got the right 
pronunciation, but also the right instrumentals and making sure it felt natural and how the song yeah, needed to be. Yeah, when you describe it as a, a lullaby sort of sounding song, it, it, it is. It's, it's very um, it's very soft. It's very easy on the ears. And I, I don't know if the goal was for me to feel emotional when I was like listening to lyrics, but I was a bit like, this is the first place it took me. It took me to like a you know a very sad place. It's a very personal mm-hmm. song, and, and it's a very beautiful song. And and really commend you for. I mean, um, you obviously have your experiences in um using Samoan, um, but singing in Samoan and and just smashing out of the park is is quite an achievement. And I think it's one of those things that like during Samoan Language Week is one of those great things to like sort of celebrate. Like you, you yourself not being of Samoan heritage, but um, having those ties and, and making that effort is, is really beautiful. And I really commend you because it, it is a great record. It really is. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you felt yeah the emotion behind it because it was written in yeah, a very loving and caring spirit. So I thought it was only fitting that you know, I take care when I sing it and learn about what the song is and the context because it's a not only like a nice lullaby but it's a story and a real story for that farmer so we can we keep up to date with stuff that you're working on in the future maybe more info on tala um where's the best place to follow you and stay up to date um maybe instagram which is kyla.greening um and then i also have a music uh page on facebook kyla greening music and the main one so far well hey i'm really looking forward to keeping up with um, future releases of yours uh, and also hopefully seeing the short film Tala when it eventually comes out online it'll be wonderful I'm excited for that yeah thank you <laughs> can I get a quick butty butty for Carla greeting thank you so much for joining us on the show Carla uh, an incredible talent and just really uh, I thought when I reached out to her I was like hey I want to chat to you for Samoan Language Week she was like I hope it's okay because I don't know if you know this, I'm not Samoan. And I was like, man, that makes you even better to speak to. You wanted to learn some um, some words. I have been excited all week for you to teach me um, some swear more words in Samoan. Yeah, swear words mm-hmm. specifically. For like, uh, it's like, if you know a Samoan, which I hope to God you know at least one, you know, like, I hope to God. <laughs> Praying for you that you know one Samoan. One, at least, you know, every, this is like my vivid memories of Samoans in primary school. Because I grew up in, like, a white neighborhood. And any Samoans in my school was like, we have to teach them swear words. Mm. Whether they know their swear words or not. But we, it's just, like, a weird, fun, favorite pastime is just watching Balangi swear in Samoan. It's, like, the best feeling on earth. Like, it's one thing, you know what? And I really feel for our European brothers and sisters from the mountains of Caucasus. Caucasus, all right? It's because they don't get to experience that. It's not, they're not, like, walking up to a Samoan kid and being like, I'm going to teach you a swear word in English. Um, we, we went over... <laughs> on, on Tuesday, I said that I went out to get an Aikai bowl, and our boss didn't know what... Uh, I, he, he was confused. Harry was kind of like, what? Is, is he mispronouncing this on purpose? Because how do you properly say it? I think it's... I God, I don't know. Acai? Acai bowl? Acai bowl? Aikai bowl, way funnier, because Aikai in Samoan means to eat poo. Um, I think that bit was hilarious because I'm listening back to it and I didn't get it either. And I'm just like, oh, I don't actually know how to pronounce that word. And yeah. then you told me and I saw Anric sharing it. Yeah, like, it was because ah. Anric shared it. Yeah, and and like, was everyone like, oh. was like, oh, so that's <laughs> what that means. Yeah, I missed like, out too. I didn't get the joke. Go okay. Eat poo. That's a really easy one. Aikai. There you go. Yeah. So Um, if someone's like being mean to me, I can be like, hey, bro. Aikai. Aikai, You know, like, or like. Go eat a poo, bro. You'd be like, you are the kaya of all kaya, which means like, you're the poo of all poo. Kaya of all kaya. Yeah. The kaya. It's kaya poo. Kai. Kai is is like. 
poo essentially but like kaya is anyway yeah, yeah. kaya the kaya of all kaya the you kaya know of all kaya. thank you for teaching me uh the swear words that that was great and uh since you taught me something mm. i would quite like to teach you something yeah so a lot of the time people will say that my musical sounds the same it's just a sad yelling man with a guitar and in all honesty yeah fair play it kind of is I'm, I'm a sucker for a sad man with a guitar it's my mm. favorite type of music but i've come up with a system to sort of help you identify the different genres right so like emos emo metal goth music new metal like what is the difference oh, there right? is a difference oh yeah girl oh, oh yeah wow. okay and and i understand that to to the naked eye to the untrained ear mm. you know it is it is challenging but mm. i've come up with a system and i'd like to teach it to you okay so um emo music emos if it's an emo song chances are they will be talking about tonight this town this weekend it's very now mm. it's very i'm there it's very much like I hate this town, I'm going to get out tonight. Uh, also, if a click is mentioned at any given time, it's an emo song. Okay. There is no exception to that rule. <laughs> but like, obviously, with any sort of system like this, like it's not always 100%, but this will help you get there. Mm. Uh, goth music. The difference is, goths are never about tonight. They're never about this weekend. They're about a thousand years of yearning, you mm. know, pillars of salt and like, my heart has been thousands of years. And uh, it's, it's very much about... Um, bit more intellectual maybe yeah religious themes will often mm. come into it but often quite anti-religious themes oh, but geez. there's like a religious vibe a lot of the time it's a lot more based on like here's a strange poem that i've put into a song for you right following up on the next bit we're getting into metal now metal can be almost anything that you want but mm. if you're confused about am i listening to an emo band or am I listening to a metal band? Mm. Well, here's are they telling a story? Is it a long-ass story about something that may or may not have even happened? Mm. Um, there will be, with metal, there's a theme. There's a concept. There's an overall sort, like Slipknot, right? Mm. We're all wearing a fun mask. There's a guy with a gong. It's very camp. It's very over the top. It's very there. It's very, you know. But then you get into sort of like redneck metal, which is kind of a thing in and of itself. If you're listening to metal and you're like, damn, type of metal am i listening to right now are they mentioning the troops is there any mention of troops wars anything like that okay mm. now, now it's redneck metal okay. they're trying to they're trying to tell you about something right mm. and then new metal right am i listening to is this a new metal song is this a new metal song ask yourself these questions are the outfits bad if yes they've got to be bad outfits there's got to be a lot of anger in that song especially towards a, ma a mother figure very much that um, also, new metal you will find is you're really mad about something. There's a lot of misplaced rage in new metal. It's very mm. much like, oh, I'm about to, I'm about to break. Mm. Like I'm about to pop off. I'm fuming. I want to break stuff. I love Limp Bizkit. It's also quite horny a lot of the time, but in a pretty disturbing way. Quite mm. often, like Adidas by Corn. For those who know, great mm. song. But like, mm, calm down. But of course, there's crossover, right? Like, mm. of course, you know, like there might be, um, I don't, can't think of a metal song that talks about a click, but I'm sure there is one. But there is one band. There is one band who has all of this. They've encapsulated all of these things. Mm. And I want to take you, have a guess of what band that is. What band do you think that is? Metallica? No. No, 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 no. Has Metallica ever mentioned a click? No. No, no. No, it's my chemical of course, romance of course it's my chemical it romance. is my chemical romance and we didn't get into punk today because that's 
I mean, we could be here for a really, really long time. And we are out of time. No, we're out of time. And but, we're out of time. But I want to practice. I want to test the system. I want to test yeah. the system. Okay, give me some songs. Give me some songs that you're not sure, not sure what you're working with. Um, uh, we are the Road Crew by um, Moto. I'm forgetting the name. I'm gonna need you to give me a song there. Like, like, like from like what? Like I'm not super like clued up on like rock music. Any rock song. Um, okay. Uh, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Uh, okay. Metal. All right. Okay. And 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 if you think about it, right? Bit of a story in there, right? Yeah. Bit of a story going on. Yeah. Classic metal sort of has its own thing, but if you think about like a lot of like Iron Maiden. It's always a story. Mm. The trooper. Whole story about a war. Cause so now I'm getting confused. Cause there's like subcategories to all of these categories oh, as well, right? And is many. is like new metal its own category, or does that also fall as a subcategory to metal? Okay, so great question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> oh no. Um it is a subcategory of metal as as like dwarf metal, which oh. is a real thing. But new metal had its own moment and it was That's very sad. much sort of its own thing. And it exists within a certain time. Mm. So it gets its own thing. There's only a couple bands from the new metal times, which is like System of Down and Deftones, who sort of did other stuff with it. They sort of exper- they took it a bit further like system of a down very much crosses over into what i was saying about political statements whatever with like redneck metal mm. because they do a lot of that and they also have i mean we could like go on forever yeah but no metal um very much its own thing and i believe it's coming back as i previously mentioned but um every time, time you say that people in the comments get really happy so we'll just clip that bit right there people on social media love that no they... metal's back i love deaf tones yeah up next, I was lucky enough to catch up with Elena, whose debut album is coming out in about a month. Very exciting. She's dropped two new singles in anticipation of the release called Arrived and Meteors, and I was stoked to catch up with her today. I really want to talk about your song Arrived, first of all, because I think successful songwriting sort of touches on an emotional experience or like a feeling that maybe the listener wasn't able to like name themselves. And this song really did that for me. <laughs> I love it. The line, when will I know I've arrived, like, got me. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, me. And then I started thinking, was there sort of a specific moment where you felt, when will I arrive? Or was it sort of like more of an overall vibe you were feeling? Weirdly, that song kind of, that line came to me, like, when we were writing the song, like, in the studio. And I think it was it was a similar thing where I finally found, like, the word I'd or like the sentence I've been trying to like figure out or like answer for a long time. And um, yeah, I was working with a producer, Wells. Um, he's amazing at just like he's creating great. like this feeling and soundscapes and yeah, and he was just like creating this amazing track and then I was like, oh my God, and then the song just started coming and, and it was like a big relief because I was like, oh, this is what I've been struggling with for years and I've finally been able to like find the words and it's almost like they were coming and I was trying to like catch them before they go. Yeah. I feel like that that's so interesting to me because your experience of making the song was kind of similar to my experience of listening to the song. That's so like cool. I was like, I've never been able to like put words to that before so yeah. I I really loved it and then second follow up question uh, do you intend for people to cry when <laughs> listening to your songs you do that on purpose because both arrived and Meteors made me cry oh. and I was like like do you do it on purpose like do you know that's going to happen or are you just okay <laughs> oh man I mean I cry maybe when I make them or so, definitely Meteors um, 
as long as it's like a good cry well, <laughs> or like if it's like I feel so heard or like finally someone articulated it I feel like that's important because I get that from music too like mm. if I find a song someone's written I'm like oh my god fine someone said it you know finally found what I was trying to trying to understand it within myself so that's nice yeah no I had a wee little, little oh little. But, <laughs> so the two new singles arrived and meteors they're clearly quite personal tracks and like talking to you now I'm gathering even more that like they are quite personal to mm. you and when a song like that goes out it sort of starts belonging to everyone or belonging to your fans it doesn't solely belong to you anymore mm. is there like a grieving process for putting a song out like that or are you just mostly happy that people get to hear it Honestly, that's a really good question because it's it's really weird putting a song out because like Arrived has lived in like my private SoundCloud playlist for like a year and a half and like I'll be listening to these songs over and over and and they're mine for Mm. that time and then once it's released, it literally is like a release. Like I almost, like I don't think I've listened to Arrived except since, since the day it came out. It was almost like, okay, off you go. And yeah, it's almost like a bit of... um, I've like had my time with the songs and they still mean a lot to me but I'm like okay now that like off you go into the world and hopefully will mean something to someone else. That's so mm. nice. I always think about that because I've chatted to other musicians before where they have said it's really like they're grieving, they're upset because it's not their song anymore. Now everyone yeah. knows this thing about them and like they're happy to put it out but they're also like yeah like oh, that was kind of my thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and when it's so personal as well like I remember I put an EP out and it was just so personal that the day it came out, I was like, like I felt Mm. sick all day because I was like, I don't want people to see this part of me, but I made the music and I was putting it out so that maybe I do. I don't know. It was just, it's a very weird thing to kind of like put something out that, that was so close to you. Mm. But I think that can be sometimes the best songs when they're just that, that personal. Do people like your friends or other people in your life, um, when a song like this comes out, do they ever like hit you up and be like, "Oh, I didn't know you were going through that. Like, you could have <laughs> called me." Honestly, I'd prefer if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's re- I actually have like the most amazing friends and like my parents and stuff because I'm always like, "Mum and Dad, don't listen." <laughs> it's mm. like a sad one, but honestly, no one's ever said it. They've just been like, "Oh my god, I love it. I'm so proud of you," or whatever. Which is honestly really perfect. It's exactly what I need. <laughs> That's so nice. Um, your debut album, oh my god, <laughs> Self Portrait of a Woman Unraveling. First of all, great title. Thank you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> love it. Um, what can we, the fans, expect from the full album? Um, it's basically what I wanted with, with this album was to just turn around and go inward and just really try to figure out who I was and the person that I am. I've never really been able to answer the question of like, who who are you and what do you have to say and that's I've, I don't know it's just never came come easily to me so I've tried to do that with this album and it was kind of the journey of going in and like it was really confronting and I had a lot of experiences during the process so it was just basically following my journey within yeah am I gonna do more crying potentially oh. <laughs> I'll listen to it in the car in the dark or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you've got some live live shows coming up. Uh, Do you want to look directly into the camera and tell the people where the shows are and how to get tickets? Okay. um, The shows, I have an Auckland show on my album release day at July 7th at Big Fan in Auckland and one in my hometown of Rotorua 
the following weekend on the 15th of July and those tickets are under the radar Woo. yeah thanks so much for coming I love Thank I you. love meeting um the person behind the words that made me cry it's great it <laughs> feels it. really good thank you so much for being here thank you for having me thanks again to Elena for coming in today what a good chat um, her album Self Portrait of a Woman Unraveling is coming out next month and her shows are also happening next month so we'll pop all those links up on the Instagram today but yeah it was awesome to chat to her about the songs that made me cry um, where were you the other I saw your story you went out what like was it last night or the night before um Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Um, I was, I was went to Hamilton. Why? The musical, not the not the play. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, musical. Yeah, 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 Great yeah. musical. Had a wonderful time. Um, the cast incredible. Australia, New Zealand cast. Mm. It was honestly like better without Lin Manuel Miranda. I think. In all honesty, I like, feel like most people would probably say that the guy who played Hamilton was amazing, yeah. and um, I had a great time. But my thoughts watching it, I cannot sing, dance, or act to save my life and these people are doing it all at once and it's amazing yeah, yeah they're, they're like um uh, like I, every time i watch a theater performance any theater performance i just think man i am talentless mm, me it too. is soul crushing watching yeah. someone while like doing a spin on the like the to- tips of their toes singing perfect note and mm. you're just like man I hate you like, like I'm barely even good at this you know what I mean yeah, like what are like, we doing right now what do you think we're doing a podcast yeah uh, don't have a lot of talent uh, right? uh, you know so I just have words I want to use but um so <laughs> I love musicals like mm. um contrary to popular belief so you're like actually like a somebody who enjoys I love musicals I um. absolutely love musicals there, I have many many favourites mm. I, I love them and people are often a little bit like oh really you don't seem like type like yeah I didn't see that one coming but I personally just think musical, a lot of the stuff I like is very much the same, very much connected. So mm. like K-pop, musicals and metal, back to metal, to me, a lot in common. Like musicals, it's like, it's camp, it's over the top, it's very like performing at the back of the room, there's a concept, there's a theme. It's like with Hamilton, it's it's about Alexander Hamilton, a historical play that's a musical with rapping in it, mm. it's camp. Yeah, Everyone's it's wearing these crazy outfits. And if you think about it, so is K-pop. There is a concept. It is theatrical. They have matching outfits. There is choreography, which I love. There's high notes, you know. It's, like, very similar. And then middle, again, you've got a concept. You've got <laughs> outfits on. You've got choreography. Slipknot. It is a musical. We're back to Slipknot. We're all wearing a matching mask that has, like, some weird meaning behind it because they all, like are from like nowhere and they're like oh I've been through some stuff I'm gonna wear this mask it represents this to me it's a musical it's a metal musical mm. and then it's like at the end of the day what I'm waiting for is a real good metal K-pop musical and I think that I'm the only one brave enough to do it is brave the word we want to use there I think so or do we want to say like I'm gonna make it sound more like a compliment Creative. Yeah, it's creative idea. <laughs> There's like ten people who got the same thing I got oh, yeah. that are gonna be really into that. But I think same thing. <laughs> but like we could, you know, like I think that another thing I love, mm-hmm. reprises. A reprise. There's nothing in this world that makes my brain and my soul happier than a reprise. Mm. I'm like <gasps> 
that's the song from earlier in the play. And I'm question. like amazed. What's a reprise? Okay, a reprise. Great question. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Um, a reprise is like, so like you, say you open with a tune that goes, and then later on in the play in a different song, you've got again, but maybe a bit different. Um. So like in musicals a lot, you get a reprise of like the same song, but mm. in a different setting. So it's really happy at the beginning, but really sad at the end. Mm. And like K-pop has a good reprise because they reference themselves a lot, you know, mm. not afraid to reference or not to reference there's a band I like who are like an emo band who essentially just make like rock operas I don't make fun of me it is what it is I know it's cringe okay Mm. like I've heard it myself but they do so many reprises and the guy is on like album 7 it's like act 1 2 3 through to 7 and there are reprises on 7 from the first one and mm. I just eat that up. I love it. I love a reprise. Oh, I love a reference. It just makes my brain happy. Mm. And like, I think that we can combine all the things I like into one terrible musical. And if anyone wants to help me with that, my email <laughs> is hit me up at tunes at tahi.fm if you've got ideas oh. for a metal K-pop musical. I'm so keen to so get that So now we have ground. to sift through new music and opera pitches. Yeah. What's well, not opera? It's musical. Theatre. Okay, I forget. Yeah, yeah, I forget. There's a um, the difference. I've got some ideas about the storyline. Um, they are controversial yet brave. So hit me up. Hit me up. Brave. Hit me up. Moving on to news. Uh, news from Vape Nation today. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I liked that. That was good, right? So uh, this is actually a little bit serious. I'll stop laughing. Mm. Uh, there have been new calls to change our vaping laws in mm. New Zealand. So this comes after Australia has made some moves to change laws over there they're banning disposable vapes already in australia you have to get a prescription to get a vape Um, a lot of people have said to me that that is because uh, big tobacco won that fight Mm. um don't know the ins and outs of the australian government but it is interesting how their vape laws might affect ours Mm. so uh there has been a 209 percent increase in daily vaping among 13 to 14 year olds so that's quite a lot of 13 14 year olds vaping and prime minister chris hipkins has directed the health minister to bring some suggestions to cabinet about Mm. what they might do so there was an article on checkpoint this week they went and spoke to some people about what they think about it um and one person said People that don't even smoke cigarettes are moving on to like vaping. What was the point of going to vape if you weren't even doing it to reduce your cigarette intake? I mean, fair play. And um, more than 75% of students were getting vapes from social sources, either friends, older people or family, rather than directly buying vapes and vape products themselves. Mm. Um, Only 7.6 of those who regularly vaped said their main source of vapes was a vape shop dairy or online. Mm. So a lot of the laws they're looking at are like banning dairy selling vapes Mm. because the kids are getting their hands on them, looking at things like banning disposable vapes or looking at things like you can only vape in certain areas. Mm. Like you can't just walk around vaping anymore. Same way they're done with smoking in some different cities. You know, you can't just smoke outside a cafe like you could in the good old days. Um, Jokes, jokes. But... um, It is interesting Mm. because I do obviously think it's bad that we've got 13 and 14-year-olds getting on vapes, but, I mean, it raises a few questions about what we might do about it. I mean, where are you sitting? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, kids aren't legally allowed to buy vapes, Mm -hmm. and they're still getting their hands on them. Mm. When we were young, I wasn't... When I first started smoking, I was too young Mm. to buy smokes, Mm -hmm. but we still got our hands on them, you know? Um, But we didn't ban cigarettes, no, we didn't. You know, so 
I think it's like I'm I'm somebody who this will affect because I I gave up smoking to vape. Vaping mm. was how I gave up smoking by transitioning over to using a vape. And I think a couple of the big things for me that vapes were appealing were that they were one more affordable, yep. which was the idea, right? We were increasing taxes on cigarettes so that they would be less um, ad- admirable, you mm. know, like they mm. just seemed like less of a good idea. So I moved to vapes because they were more affordable and also they didn't taste like an ashtray. You know, like they tasted better. So there were a lot of like perks to going over. And also the big one, they were a healthier alternative. They're not healthy. They're not completely undangerous, but they're better than cigarettes. Much better. And that was a big turning point for me. My father um, quit smoking thanks to vaping. I know a ton of people that have quit smoking because of vaping. It's been really easy for them to transition off of that. So I have questions around what legislation would mean for people like myself, for my father and my friends and father who gave up smoking to vape, mm. and vaping was that transitional method. My questions would be, how are you going to ensure that we don't revert back to smoking? Exactly. You know, how are you going to ensure that we still get to maintain this? Because, yes, we should all give up vaping. We shouldn't be doing any of it. But if that's the tool to get us off smoking, how are you going to ensure that people like myself who use it as a tool to stay off of smoking are still supported to not smoke? I agree. I think that's a really, really good question. I think another one, a question that I have about it is, you know, there's a few calls here talking about, um, you know, putting a tax on vaping the same way we have with cigarettes. Mm. And a lot of, uh, my issue with that is the price hike on cigarettes disproportionately affects the poor. That's Mm. not an opinion. That is a fact. You can Google it. It disproportionately affects the poor. So if we do that with vaping as well, we're kind of just doing the same thing again. Mm. Um, And I don't know long-term for adults that are legally allowed to purchase nicotine products like you can in pretty much every other country on earth. Um, You know, we're making sure that we're not getting to a point where we're putting people in financial strife Mm. because they're addicted to vaping and they're addicted to vaping because they quit smoking when the government told them to quit smoking. Yeah. So, and then it's, my other question would just be, if they're not buying it from the dairies and the stores, what would be the point of closing down those stores? The teens aren't even getting them there. The adults Mm. are getting them there. So what is the answer? I mean, I'm not a policy writer. I'm Mm. not a health professional. I am not probably the person who is going to solve this. Mm. But I just have a few questions about what is the best way to do this yeah and it's obvious that it's wider than just a legislative issue it's also Mm. a societal issue because uh adults are buying minors vapes yeah that's obviously something we're seeing in the evidence so i mean yeah it's a wider conversation than just legislator we actually have to as a society talk about that so it's gonna be a tough one it's gonna be a tough one i just hope i don't think there's gonna be a solution where every single person is gonna be happy i think it's one of those but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how we go and um you know what aspects of this we decide to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. We were mentioning it earlier on the show like for language weeks one of the best parts of them is the Friday feasts. Yeah, man. And it is something that I look forward to and enjoy. It's like the key to me it's like this really key part to language weeks is like having sharing food together yeah and breaking food is bread. a key part of culture yeah especially general, like know? to to you know in in, in 
a lot of indigenous cultures, it's like you share food, and that is a social thing, right? You、yeah. talk to people, you get to know each other over food. Food is like one of those offerings that it's like, hey, here's this thing to show you that I care about you, that I'm friendly, I'm welcoming. Here, let's eat together.、Yeah. Let's be vulnerable together.、Um, but one thing I do love is Samoan language lunch. And funny enough, none of the food that we're going to be having on Friday. Is really Samoan. Like, none of it. Is, like, I, I just want people to understand. If you, all right, first things first, if you turn up to your language lunch tomorrow on Friday and there's just corned beef, I want you to know your workplace is racist. Because corned <laughs> beef, why would, like, you can't just be like, oh, they're Samoans, they eat corned beef. That's like, that's Samoan food. Because that's not Samoan food. <laughs> That's just corned beef. Like, that, like, to me, I hear that, and I'm just like, racist. That's immediately just like, like, oh, you're an islander? You, of course, eat corned beef. The reason we eat corned beef is because the sailors, when they came over from Europe and things like that, they traded with us corned beef, and it just became something we ate, right? Mm, mm. It's not Samoan food. My ancestors weren't cracking open a can of corned beef, all right? They weren't like, oh, Palm of Pacific, what am I going to go with? So they, that's non existent. Keke Poa, which is pork buns, obviously. Just have、yum, a look at a pork yum, bun and tell、yum. me that's not from China. Big part of that being that when the Germans colonized Samoa, if I remember right, I could be wrong, don't quote me on this. They, from my understanding, they had actually brought over, as horrible as it sounds, slaves from Asia.、Oh. And those Asian,、um, uh, those Asian immigrants to Samoa. Slaves essentially yeah, yeah.、Um, were brought within their cuisines, and、yeah. that's why things like pork buns were introduced to Samoan cultures because we had Chinese people living in Samoa and that was integrated into our culture. and It tastes great, so we were just like, Hey, that's Samoan now, pork buns, right?、Mm. Not Samoan. My ancestors, I don't know if they had flour, so. I don't know if they were baking up bread and like gravy and things like that. I mean, I remember the first time I tried a pork bun. And, and it was life changing.、Yeah. So I can, I can see what happened there. There's a、you、key difference、I mean? too between like a Samoan pork bun and like a,、um, like a Chinese pork bun. Like they're very different in how they're made. Samoans don't steam ours essentially.、Oh. Like, well, some, some people steam them, some people bake them. Occasionally you can get them deep fried and things like that.、Um, the meat we use is different, the gravies、mm. and things like that. So it's, but it's very similar, but it's not exactly the same. But my. Favorite Samoan food, which is just not Samoan at all, because I don't know if you've ever seen a turkey running around Samoa. No, but turkey tail. It is the best thing ever. It's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's pure fat. Yeah. It's just pure turkey tail fat. But fun fact about turkey tail a couple years ago, the Samoan government. We're like, man, we're having real issues with obesity rates in Samoa. You know what it is? It's that goddamn turkey tails. And they were like, we're banning, we're outlawing turkey tails. Because they were like, they were adamant. They were like, that's why we've got an obesity. It's the turkey tail. It's the turkey tail's fault. That's why we've got an obesity problem. Definitely not the overprocessed corned beef and things like that coming、Couldn't、into、be. the country.、Couldn't、or those weird peanut roughs that I'm pretty sure are like 99% styrofoam, 1% <laughs> seasoning. Like, I don't know what's in that stuff. It tastes great, but I don't know what's in it. Like, turkey tail is the bomb. So, if you turn up to language lunch tomorrow, I want you to understand that's the key thing to take away from this. None of that food is Samoan. What、like. I'm gathering is Samoa is like the fusion food capital of the really world. Really is,、man. yeah. We, man, we do Asian fusion better than anyone else, you know? I'm keen on My that. My answer is like real authentic Samoan food for the most part was a lot of coconut, a lot of kalo,、um, like taro,、mm. uh, seafood, fish.、Mm. We're, like, we're in the Pacific. Like we、yeah. ate a lot of seafood, that kind of stuff. But、um, yeah. Hate to break it to you guys, corned beef, not salmon. If I see it at your lunch and it's the only thing, if some b- Balangi from work turns up and goes, I heard you guys eat this, I want you to tell them. 
you're a racist. All that right? reminds me of when I was, I messaged you about it at the time. I went to this drinks and this guy shows up, this white dude, with a bunch of cover. And he goes, you guys heard of this? Oh my and God. And I was cracking up. I was like, I got a message to all right now. She, and you did. You're yeah, like, it was like, like 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. I was like, she's like, man, somebody broke up. And I was like, why? It's <laughs> like, like, I've never heard of this before. I was like, wow, let's go. Yeah, and I encourage you, bring your own plate. Take a plate home with you at Salmon Language Lunch. Enjoy the food. Get amongst the culture. If there's things there that you haven't tried, fight i.e. lingi, fight i.e. um... Fe'i, um, like balusami, try things that you haven't tried before. It might be your only opportunity to try it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. I won't accuse you of racism, but at least get amongst the dose. Happy Samoan Language Week. Woo! All right, that's about all the time we have for today. I've talked extensively about turkey tails, and, and Evie has talked extensively about metal, new metal, golf, you know, emo. To what you know. Apparently, you there's know? a difference, but I'm yet to see that for myself or hear it. But anyway, um, uh, before we go, uh, we were talking. We were like before we were recording the show. We were talking about like celebrity lookalikes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any like what? Are you, like, what were the ones people had called you? Okay, so I lived in Korea, so obviously I got some pretty. I got like someone. Were once you just told generic me, white person? Yeah, they someone just, said yeah. um, Emma Stone once, Maria Sharapova. I don't look like those people, but I took it. But the one that I get the most, um, and I'm gonna look into camera for this. Um, people say I look like Jennifer Lawrence sometimes. Um, which, like, I see it, but I kind of look like her, like, fat, unsuccessful cousin that never got off the farm kind of thing. Like, I see the resemblance, but, like, not that much. Um, but my flatmate said I look like Florence Pugh the other day. That's nice. That's and I've been one. running on that for, like, days. Like, mm. my ego is quite... It, it inflates and deflates. But if you want to tell mm. me I look like Florence Pugh, I mean, like, I'm walking around like I own the place. Mm. Florence Pugh. I'm mm. a cry everywhere. Uh, Midsommar, you know? Yeah, people said I look like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> now, actually you know the one that i got a, f- a fair bit was um uh chris pratt people are like, oh, you look yeah. like chris pratt and that was a real compliment before he became like a, just a flaming like bad person yeah i think he's also real overexposed so there's way more to dislike about him I suppose. he was like once upon a time when he was like kind of chubby he was like really friendly he was on parks and he was like yeah, coolest dude ever and then he got jacked to the tits for like mm. what movie was it american Either sniper jurassic park oh no it was zero dark 30 Oh, I never seen that. Yeah, it's a really good movie, Is but now it's now Bin Laden's alive. Yeah, it's yeah, the it's yeah, the true yeah, story yeah. about yeah, um, catching that dude. So like I, like I was happy with that, and then he like became like not so good of a person. So now I'm like, uh, but I want to get to the point in my life where people are like, man, you look like so much at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cute. Yeah. yeah, I want people to tell Jennifer Lawrence she looks like Evie. Yeah, that's cracker goals. Right. Oh, I love that. Well, hey, that's all the time we have. I hope you have a wonderful Salmon Language Week. I hope you eat too much. I hope that, like, I don't know, you get to learn more swear words and mm. just embrace everything that's Salmon and Turkey Tail. Um, anything yeah. you want to say to the listeners? Uh, DM me and tell me I look like Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Until we see you. See you next Tuesday. So far, so we Yeah.